right. Hello. Anyone there? Yeah, sorry. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Pretty darn good. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited. All right. All right. Let's get the jitters out of the way a little bit because I'm (laughs) I'm getting really psyched. Um, how how are things where where you are? Where are you at? Um, so I live in the Midwest. I live in the Quad Cities. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, originally, I'm from Chicago, but um, I live in the Quad Cities now, which is like almost three hours. Oh, really? Uh, I have no idea yeah. where it is. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> but, it's, you know, when I tell people that I'm from Wyoming and that I was raised in Wyoming, they're like, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what you're saying right now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, li- I live in Iowa, so I get it. I get oh, it. nice. Nice. <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to chat with you because you have been doing something pretty remarkable with your collaborations, with your projects that you're putting together. Uh, I do want to congratulate you too on your recent, uh, you met a fundraising goal, right? For your podcast, which is pretty awesome. So congrats on that. That's that's pretty cool. Um, can you, I want to like go a whole bunch of different places, but I I kind of wanted to start at the beginning if that's okay. Um, Absolutely. You you work with your siblings, right? <laughs> I do, I do. How cool is that? As a as a writer, as a creative, can you give me a little bit to kind of get started? Like, of course, you know, um, it's it's the most natural thing in the world because as kids, we used to like we would start stories as kids. We were bored, and we would just like I'd start a story, and then my brother Ernesto would go, and then Angel would finish it. And, like it would it would start off one way, and would end up like this crazy, most ridiculous story at the end. Yeah. So it's kind of something we'd always done, like, and we would do it in really random times. Like we would do it in church. Like we would like I'd start <laughs> like we wouldn't be paying attention. We'd start like a story on like like no, the you know like the flyer and then we right. just like pass over <laughs> to each other you know so it's something we've always done so it's really it's very natural for okay. us to do it but it's definitely not without its difficulties <laughs> because <laughs> you know sometimes i'm like you know how would a professional person handle this in this situation <laughs> and not necessarily like a sister whose brother is annoying her and, yeah, and yeah, vice that, versa that's true you know? I, I can imagine there there has to be some difficulty with the separation of of the tasks and the duties, but in terms of the, the content that you guys are creating, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the quality is outstanding and everything oh, is kind yeah. of on that, that wonderful level of, of expectation, right? Where you're writing this character. Uh, and I started li- listening to Meteor C- City first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping to get through it here by the end of the, of the week of that first season. And I'm just, I'm really drawn by just the, the characterization of this person that you created. I, and, and it's such an interesting way to get into that world that it, it was really kind of sucking me into it. And I, and I just kind of mm-hmm. want to keep learning more about what, what's going to happen. But, you know, credit to you, but also credit to your siblings who are able to kind of match that. You know, oh, I, I always think that's kind of, that's kind of interesting is like, you got some pieces that are really just a hundred percent. And then there's always these other parts that might not be, mm-hmm. you know, functioning a hundred percent. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, um, you, you have these, these expectations that are just out of left field or that maybe you have a hard time like articulating to some oh, of your collaborators? Absolutely. Yes. Um, well, when, when I first started with audio, I, first off, I, I fell in love with the medium and I was like, I want to do this. And then I had no idea how to do it. <laughs> zero. I had zero idea how to write for audio. I, I, I've been a storyteller my whole life, but writing for audio is so different. And so my brother, 
Yeah. Go oh, ahead. no, go go ahead. Sorry. Okay. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, my my brothers and I, we, you know, we had zero idea, but we just like, you know, I came up with a story and I was like, it has to be audio. It has mm-hmm. to be. And then we were kind of figuring it out, but we definitely had these big expectations. Like we're all a little bit of perfectionists in the way and we're like, we want to do it and we want to make this good. Mm. But you have to be bad first to get good. Right. And that right. that's the tricky, that's the very tricky part for me is that you do have to be bad <laughs> first to get good. <laughs> so how what specifically about the story do, do you think made you go that direction for audio narrative? Um, well, it actually started when I, I visited Detroit in 2017. I this is my third time to, in Detroit, and mm. the city is both so alive and so much have has also just it's been hurt so much and there's parts of it that are dead but the duality of being such a lively city but also dealing with such economic and you know foundational problems in the city just really inspired me and you know how like every city has a vibe right like new york chicago la and detroit is no different than that and like you can if you close your eyes like you can you can hear the city and it was Mm. screaming to me that it had to be audio um and then from there i was driving home from from detroit and this story just kind of started you know um making itself it definitely made itself at home in my head for a mm. long time and I, I didn't even want to acknowledge that i was going to pursue audio because i had no idea how to do so it so <laughs> as soon as you left detroit you were already formulating this this was like it already something that was just kind of magnetizing in your head and all these pieces were coming together for it is that kind of like well yes and no because when i was leaving detroit there was this i was driving through this neighborhood there was this rundown neighborhood and literally it said future home of whole foods and it made me laugh wow (laughs) but also at the same time you're like you have this this clear and obvious problem right oh yeah and i'm like okay let's let's build a whole foods here (laughs) you know that's gonna solve the problem and that right there is just like having to see the gentrification of cities and Mm. the heartbreak and the trauma that comes with that um and there are parts of detroit that never recovered from the 2008 you know economic disaster and so that's kind of was like parts of the city looks like it was hit by a disaster okay natural Mm. disaster right so that's kind of where i got motor city to meteor city Mm -hmm. and um from there (laughs) you know bianca bianca is like a very much the the main character is very much a a real person to me she's kind of like this Mm. like this alter ego of myself (laughs) um in some ways so yeah that's kind of how i got to like meteor city yeah and i I love that because out of something that that is just kind of like a, a very small connection, you start elevating the the metaphor, right? Like just making mm-hmm. this thing just bigger. And really, I mean, in the context of the story, it's just such a massive alternative history thing that you got going on with it that it's it's really um it's just really exciting, like a really exciting premise. Um, but in terms of developing your work, I mean how long did this take to come together? Because I mean, what we're seeing, or excuse me, what we're hearing now is so uh, potent and very well fleshed out and everything. How long did it take you to go from that to what what we have now, season one? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I got to this point where I had pushed my creativity down so much that when I started to write Meteor City, it it was like, it, it just it just kind of started pouring out so mm. i wrote the entire 
an entire um, season one of New Year City in about six weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, it just, I was just like spilling out every night. I was working on it after work. And then I read it and the first draft, I was like, oh, this is crap. <laughs> so I had to go back. But it, it was good. And then the second, um, the second time I rewrote it, um, it was less crap. And then I did a three, third rewrite and that's what we have now. And so it took all together about three months to write it. And then the production part happened. Hmm. And that that took a long time. Um, did you start you know, delegating some things to siblings or, or was it more like, okay, this is how we're going to go now? Or what what's that um, process of collaboration like with you guys? Yeah. So, you know, we all have our different strengths. You know, I'm definitely, um, I'm the writer. My brother, Angel, he's the audio engineer. He's a composer. My brother, Ernesto, is a videographer. Is awesome. So we all have these different strengths. Um, <laughs> so for the first portion of it was just me. Um, and they were definitely there when I needed to vent. But we, like I said, we had no idea what we were doing. So mm. we had, they had no way of helping me. Right. <laughs> um, so um, it didn't get to the point until after I casted. And then I was like, okay, I have these voice actors. <laughs> now what? <laughs> and then well, I was like, oh, I guess I have to learn how to direct. So I had to learn how to direct. And then, um, yeah. And then, my, you know, we started thinking of like, how do we want to build how do we want the the city to feel? How do we want the sound? Like, mm-hmm. What does Bianca sound like when she's breathing or having a nightmare? Or what is what does Dee's diner sound like? Yeah. So that's where all of the creative, um, I think, our powers kind of folded mm-hmm. <laughs> into one. We we're like, no, we think that Bianca would walk this way. Oh, right. Yeah. Like so, yeah. it was kind of that's how we all came together to make New York City what it is. Right. Right. Uh, in in terms of creating this or assembling this group of folks who are helping you bring this to life. You have a, a great array of actors from what I've heard so mm-hmm. far in this particular series. And I'll keep bugging you about other stuff later, but specifically mm-hmm. with, with Meteor City, because it's so big in scope, how does one go about the recruitment and engagement and all of these things to really sell this idea to a group of collaborators, like, you know, actors that you want to bring in? That's a good question. Um, so I think social media is the biggest tool. You know, if, if you look at that in, in a area where you have a vibrant theater community, I'm sure that it's a lot easier, but then I did it. So I literally, it started out <laughs> with me tweeting on, on Twitter. I was like, hey, does anyone know how to cast her an audio drama? Oh, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. That's literally how it started. I'm, I'm telling you. Okay, so this is why this is incredibly inspiring. Like, I see what you're doing and... I find myself in a similar situation here in Wyoming where there, there are some networks, I mean, having grown up here and having gone to theater and been a theater kid mm-hmm. for a while here, yes, it's easy, but there's still those times where I'm like, where's the actual built-in scene, mm-hmm. right, that's going to help you get over the line? And it's, it's just so incredibly inspiring because to me, this is one of those things where we can point and say, look, you can will this to happen. This can be a <laughs> right. thing. You just have to, you know push as much as you can yeah it is yeah absolutely um it it is hard because you have to put yourself out there and the hardest thing for me is that you have to be okay with showing up as a person who's trying to do something yeah i don't know why that's the most embarrassing thing in the world for me to like say hey i want to make this and i care about this but i know a lot of creative people who are scared to talk Mm -hmm. to like admit that to the world because what if i fail what if i can't make it the way like what if i make it and it's crap Mm -hmm. right um so i literally started with me tweeting and i was like hey i need help (laughs) and and so i was like actually i know someone who's in an audio drama and then i tweeted you know then i messaged 
them. And they're like, oh yeah, I know someone who has this show. So literally it was just like a, a mail of me just like DMing wow. people on Twitter to figure it out. That's amazing. Back now there's a lot more resources, right? There's a lot of, sure. it's, it's grown, you know, it's exploded in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was literally just me tweeting and someone directed me to someone who directed me to someone <laughs> who I found like voice acting Twitter. Oh, and then that's I great. had to like, then I put a casting call. Yeah. So how far spread out are these folks who collaborated on this project? I mean, they're they're all over the world. Um, the main character, her name is Daisy Guevara. She lives in New York, hmm. um, but the rest of the cast is mostly in the U.S. A couple international, and we meet on Discord mostly. <laughs> you know, we we talk. Um, there is usually how most of our communication is done. Wow. So yeah, it's completely virtual. I would love, I would love to be able to record in person someday. Oh yeah, but yeah. We're all spread out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, when when you were first starting out doing this kind of creative work, um, did you do any kind of theater or did you do just writing primarily or, or what was the angle? Well, a little bit of both. Okay. So, um, I did theater like when I was younger, um, and I loved it. Uh, but I found that I loved it as I loved being behind stage as much as I loved being on stage. Mm. And, um, I think I, I think in high school, it also came with, you know, all the, the emotional trauma <laughs> that could happen in theater, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's taxing. It, it is a, it a very is, daunting thing. Know? And then I was like, you know, I think I'm ready to put this, the being on stage part, and I want to make something come to life. Like, I want to be that person that someone shows up to be in my show. Oh. Like, I, I, that feeling of, like, people wanting to be involved in something is so humbling <laughs> and so exciting at the same time. Oh, that's, that's amazing. So now in terms of season two, how is that looking in terms of a time frame? Have you guys kind of started laying that out or is that still? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we hit our, our, um, our Indiegogo fundraiser, which was amazing. Um, and so exciting and humbling (laughs) at the same time. Um, but yeah, so we kind of started thinking we, we compiled, um, all of the audio from our incredible cast and yeah, so kind of the end of the year is really where we're going to um, focus on getting it done. My my guess is kind of um, spring Mm. of 2022 um, of trying to learn from my, from my mistakes from the first season, (laughs) because it's hard to be consistent when you're working with voice actors or on different projects and stuff like that. So Mm. yeah, but um, we're definitely, we're kicking it up a notch. We're leveling up. We're, uh, we're creating original scores for every episode, oh my and word. including more music. And yeah, so I'm very excited for season two. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So if somebody were to begin, and I'm asking for a friend, mostly myself, uh, <laughs> uh, because I, I do love the narrative perspective of, of this medium. Um, what are some takeaways of the last of like, say, calling season one a complete project? What are the the biggest lessons that you think you've taken away from such a huge undertaking? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I'd say, um, leave your pride at the door. (laughs) Don't, you know, I think, um, as creatives, we want to be, especially with social media, like we want to be perceived as like having our, our shit together, like being the best that we can be. And it's totally okay to be like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Someone help me because I found that most people want to help, you know, like if it's a simple, Hey, actually you should be using this sound effect or check out this program. I feel like generally people, um, 
want to help you. And it's just allowing yourself to be helped. Mm. That was one thing that really helped uh, held me back. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think another one would just be whatever timeline you have for a show, triple it. <laughs> <laughs> because you know you really want to build in all the mistakes that you're going to make oh yeah if you're anything like me and anyone listening is like me i don't learn unless i'm like falling flat on my face <laughs> right um but i never stopped getting up and i didn't mm. you know even when i was writing season two i was like okay let me i, I re-listened to season one and i wrote all the ways that i didn't like it everything i loved about it I read some reviews, not all reviews of the show, <laughs> because that whole the whole different topic. Mm. I was like, okay, how how did I excel in this, and how could I improve? Mm-hmm. Right, and then I, I allowed myself to just take time to really figure out how I'm going to fail this season and how I can improve. So I wanted to give myself time to just learn and get better. You know, I think, especially with audio fiction and, and our social media, like we want content to be so instant mm-hmm. and like we want projects to be out and we want, you know, because we want to stay relevant. We oh, want to save sure. people's cues, you know? Yeah. So there's a pressure to like make something. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to take the time with it so that I, when I, when I hit publish, it's going to be the best thing that I could do with what I have. Mm-hmm. So I'd say definitely um, leave your pride at the door and give yourself <laughs> time to figure out what you want it to be and don't sacrifice that oh, to amazing. be timely. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Do you dabble in, in other types of writing or what, um, what kind of forms of writing were you trying before? Well, I mean, I've, I've submitted some short stories to places that I kept a lot of writing to myself. I like poetry. I love, um, you know, especially short stories. I love speculative short stories. Those, that's like that's my heart. <laughs> um, and yeah, so what? So I was like, yeah, I can write. I can write a play. Right? I used to write plays all the time um, when I was younger and I was a kid. I used to write like Powerpuff Girl fan fiction. Oh, that's <laughs> when the best. I was like, like eight years old. Right? I was like, I can do this. I can you, do this. You need to have like a like a him spinoff of some kind. Yeah. If not, I would have been very disappointed. <laughs> right. Um, so I was, I had this, I was like, I'm confident I can do this. And then I was, oh, I have to figure <laughs> out how to do this. And it's so weird when you're writing and you have to take away like your major senses. And mm-hmm. like, how does this, how does this feel? And I think audio is such an incredible um, medium to tell stories because it's so intimate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's you, it's you and the other, you know, doing the cast, the right, you know, the right in front of you. Um, so it was definitely a, a learning process for sure. Mm. So uh, when you're directing for for this kind of content, are there any is there anything in particular that you try to focus on as a director when you're guiding some of these actors? You know, especially being so scattered, you you mm. are doing everything on online. I imagine, like you said, over Discord. What is the hardest thing of collaborating over such distances? Yeah, um, I think. Well, I'm very fortunate to have such a talented cast, but there are times where you do lose something a little bit when you don't do it in person. You know, you I try my best for it to sound organic and to sound to have that chemistry. You know, when, when mm-hmm. you're running lines with someone in person, you can feed off energy and you know how they're delivering the lines. Whereas um, 
you know, when you're looking at the script, you're kind of guessing how the other character is going to mm. say it. So that was something that's that's part's tricky. So um, it's a lot of a, like, hey, can you run lines with this person? Mm. Or like, hey, you did great in the scene, but this other person did do so great. So can you just be there with them run, running lines with the reporting? Even that itself makes a world of difference when you listen and it feels like they're in the same room. You know, when the daisies and, you know, uh, New York and other characters in LA, you want them to feel <laughs> yeah. like they're in the same scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And it was pretty seamless. I got to say, I mean, in terms of audio oh, production, shout out to your brother, or if you guys were, were doing that yeah. together, uh, just the polish of the thing was, was just very impressive. And um, it's been a treat oh, so far. You. I appreciate that. Like, I, I love the hell out of it. Um, but in terms of, of your other <laughs> podcast, when, when did that <laughs> one start? Or is that something that, that is going concurrently right now? Yeah, it's um so it's called Coven Castle Disaster's Guide to Magic and it's a comedy completely different than Meteor City, where Meteor <laughs> City is dark and serious with very little levity, and Coven Cast is just an absurd show about uh, a group of witches who start a podcast. So it's very meta, right? <laughs> um, so well, that right. actually started in like 2009 and it started with my best friend Amber, who um also writes uh she's also a writer, and we were like, let's write the show about a group of badass witches who mm. have to figure out what they're doing very much like us like you know like <laughs> we're just going after it no idea what we're doing but we're figuring right. it out and so it's, it's that's still going at the same time um so yeah i'm i'm working with two different <laughs> casts at the same time but it's got to be a nice it, break right i mean you're, you're you know uh because the nature of of the first podcast like you said is so heavy like i imagine having that that levity yeah um, has got to be pretty nice it really really is because people who know me in real life and listen to me in your city they're like oh my god you write that because i'm a very goofy person like i'm a very <laughs> yeah. like laugh you know i'm always laughing and cracking jokes and when they hear that they're like, what but then when they listen yeah. to coven cast they're like oh okay that sounds like you yeah you know so uh, it's nice so to have both mm-hmm. awesome um what was i going to ask you um in terms of overcoming challenges I, I think that there's something super important because like you said, to have that openness, especially online, because everything is, is just moving at a rate that we, we just can't excel. I mean, no matter how hard we try, mm-hmm. just being on social media and being open about what's working and what isn't, uh, I think is incredibly helpful. Um, have you ever had moments where you just feel like, oh, this shit isn't working? I can't, I really can't do this anymore. What are some things that you go to or, or some anchors that you, that you might have in your creative pursuits that help you mm-hmm. overcome that? Or can you give me a little yeah, bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's been so many times where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I stressing about this? Why, mm-hmm. why am I putting so much effort into something, you know? And then you're like, is this actually making a difference? And all of these, you know, things are your brain is just racing and there's so many moments where i was just like this isn't worth it i'm gonna give up but then i listen i go back and i listen to the shows i started listening to and then they still give me chills i still have to stop what i'm doing and just fall deep mm-hmm. into the story and i was like oh that's why mm-hmm. i want to do that to someone i want someone to stop making dinner because they have to they have to pay attention and that type of um that feeling of mm. giving another listener that is what pushes me through. Oh, that's awesome. Like, and yeah, and just, and just to have the, you know, I think it, it's, it's so hard to start and finish something. And that mm-hmm. feeling when you finish something is cannot be underestimated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so knowing that that feel, anticipating that you're like, okay, season two is done. 
and then you're like, oh my God, I made something. Oh yeah. I also do it for that feeling. <laughs> so you got to hold on to that feeling of, of, yeah. Hey, this is a big win. This is kind of a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Um, how's, uh, how, how's the, uh, the family, uh, dynamic, uh, in terms of, of you and, and your siblings being creative, is that something that, that is a supportive environment for you, like with family, or is that something that's always been kind of an okay thing for, for your folks or how does, how does that work? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we've always been this way. <laughs> so we've always been, and, and my, and my mom especially is, is very creative in very different ways. Um, you know, so I think creativity has always been, it manifests itself in a lot of different ways, you know, whether you're actually creating something or you're just a creative person, you know, where, you know, my mom is an incredible, has an incredible green thumb. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's so creative because from a plot of land, she can make this incredible burden Mm -hmm. and that takes creativity, you know? So it's, you know, it was always something that was deeply rooted in us. Um, and a lot of it was our environment, you Mm -hmm. know, a lot of times it wasn't the best. So creativity and storytelling was our escape for most of our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that is kind of where it took root. Mm. And a lot of times when things are uncertain, I turn to stories. Mm. I turn to, you know, whether that's yeah. watching TV or reading or listening to audio fiction, that's where I turn to. So it's very natural. Right. Yeah. Would you consider it very boring in Iowa or would you consider it very exciting <laughs> now? Like just as a place to grow up? Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of both. I think, um, well, we actually grew up, um, you said Chicago, Chicago, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. But we moved um, to Iowa later in life. Uh-huh. Um, what was that and- like in, in Chicago? Was that pretty intense or, or was it? Well, yes, I know <laughs> a little, little bit, a little bit, not, you uh-huh. know, um, but Redwood Studios, which is our production company is actually named after the street of the house that Abuelita lived in. She lived in Redwood Avenue. So oh, Redwood Studios great. comes from the house that was really the thing that solidified our childhood were a place where she lived in this big house where we'd run around all day and we'd get into trouble <laughs> and we would hide around, you know, we just got to be kids there. Oh, and that amazing. was definitely like our safe space to just be kids and to dream and to like just play oh how cool is that like to have that as a title that's pretty badass that's pretty great yeah thank you (laughs) so that's definitely like you know an ode to the freedom of just expression Mm. um so but living in iowa definitely has its its challenges um but I, i you know for a long time i wanted to leave and then i had this thought as i'm getting older that you know i don't need to be in la to make anything. I don't need to be in New York. Oh, I yeah. need to be anywhere than where I'm at to do the thing I want to do. That's right. And I think I dare any creative to like take that off your shoulders, that pressure to live in a city you can't afford to live in. You know, like oh man. I felt yeah. it for so long. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I'm doing the damn thing here. Hmm. And I'm if there's not a community, then it's my job to create the community that I want to be in. So that's that's what we're doing with Wrightwood. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I, I do have this, this kind of, um, what do you call it? Like a sticking point with childhood. I always kind of make it a point to, to bring this up because I, I just find that, uh, there's some artists who just have this, like you were saying, this, this innate built-in sense of, of wonder that doesn't go away. When you were a kid, um, do you think that there, there were hardships that were pushing away your creativity at some point in time or or did you feel like no this is just who i am and heaven or hell be damned i'm this is me this is who i'm gonna be you know it was a little bit of both i think creativity was 
um, a way that I could disassociate from my reality in a way where when I had zero control of my surroundings, I could um, I could write, I could read, I could, I used to put on like little plays in my room and, sure. um, it was a way that I, the only thing I could control was what I could create, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and as I got older, when I was a teenager, that was something I tried to suppress because, you know, being a teenager is hard yeah. and you're always trying to fit in, you know? <laughs> so yeah. that I did, you know, as I got older, I did lose that. Um, and then, you know, you get jobs and life happens and all mm-hmm. of that. And you're like, oh, I'll write that someday. But I was working in a job that I, the way I describe it was I was creatively constipated. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. It. That's, I'm going to write that down because <laughs> that is, that might be one of my favorite new expressions. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of writer's blog, that's what it was. And I was yeah. just like, if I don't do something creative, I literally feel like I'm just going to, it's just going to be like a super saiyan moment i'm just gonna go through it i'm just gonna explode like that's how i felt like i'm just gonna lose it um and then that's when it just like it was so kismet that's when i had to go to detroit for work and then you know Mm. meteor city came at the moment that i needed it like i felt like i was gonna burst do you do you have like mentally frustrating jobs or more like like labor intensive jobs or or like because i've that's always been my difficulty like in the last 10 years i've always been in front of a computer and now mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, I get home and I'm like, I, I don't have anything left in the tank. I've been yeah. staring at that light uh, yeah. for the last you know, 10 hours. Yeah, I was at the time I was a grant writer. Um, so I would literally oh, write grants for like 10 <laughs> hours a day. Right. So yeah. it was, I was so writing, but it was like the, what it, and, and it's so weird because even grant writing, there was some type of storytelling involved in it, but it sure. wasn't what the stories I wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I would come home and I would, be city writing all day and i was like oh the idea of writing anymore even if it's yeah. for me it was exhausting yeah. so yeah it was uh yeah <laughs> that's insane did you develop any kind of writing habits after that you know like just to combat that because i i think that you know there's a lot of creatives who can just push through that stuff and i i've never been that kind of person i just give up very easily yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same same <laughs> um you know when i don't feel like writing i read and that helps me because I think of, you know, um, I, I think most books or I, I reread a lot of the books that I know are mm-hmm. going to give me the feeling that I want. Oh, OK. <laughs> right. So like I'm looking at right there in the corner. Um, Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist okay. um, is one of my favorite books of all time. And okay. Every time I read it, I get a different reaction. And I've read it probably like 12 times now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it. And I was like, yep, I'm good. I'm good. I remember <laughs> the feeling that I want to, to give someone and I want to give myself and that kind of snaps me out of it. Mm. Um, so I, I tend to go back to things that I know are going to kick my butt. That's great. Do you <laughs> yeah. bookmark any of that stuff? Cause I, I think that I've never thought about that, but like maybe like highlighting or bookmarking that special thing that just kind of lit up that, that I do. Okay. Yeah. I have one copy of it and I've had it since high school and it's very torn. I'm pretty sure I stole it too. I (laughs) I think I was supposed to like put it back in the bin. I think I just was like, Nope, this is mine. It's all good. Um, (laughs) Werner Herzog stole his first camera. You're fine. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah. And I I scribble and I've underlined and I've dog eared and I just, I know sometimes I'll just go to a page that I know that I, it's what I needed to hear. Yeah. So outside of the alchemist, what other works have influenced your kind of helped shape your your creative vision like who you are now as a writer oh um when it comes to the audio storytelling the first show i listened to was a show called the black tapes 
Mm, and yeah. it's yeah and it was you know it was very big in its time mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is so cool if i could make something that someone could listen to at their their brain dead job then i would feel so creatively fulfilled because that's what i was listening to you know mm. like i was i was listening to this like supernatural mystery when i was like writing government grants right mm-hmm. yeah. so i was like all right so um yeah and there's there's so many other shows but um, yeah, I just, yeah. Do you have a big one from childhood that sticks with you? Um, there were a lot, but I'd say, I think it's a classic, a wrinkle in time. I think that's a classic mm-hmm. for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, um, anything that had would have a girl who dares to take up space, to be mm-hmm. big, to be, to dream, yeah. um, yeah. was one that always resonated with me. And it's, it's a great thing that you're kind of paying forward in a way because you, you are creating these, these, uh, you know, female protagonists of color and that's just such an important gap to fill right now that, uh, it it is pretty exciting, but did you ever have anything like that, that you felt like, oh, these are like my, my heroes of color, not to, you know, I, I just kind of think that. I never really had a lot of those, you know, like mm-hmm. my, my hero was Chespirito on Univision, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and like, uh, you know, I never want to go with Speedy Gonzalez because I'm just like, <laughs> ah, you know, right, yeah, right. That's, that's about all I had, you know, in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um, right. did you have any, any mentors or any, any people that you looked up to? You know, I didn't not, not then. Um, but I definitely have more now than I did mm. when I was a kid. And I, and sometimes that, I like to think of um, of I'm still kind of mentoring a younger Madeline because sometimes mm-hmm. I was working on something recently that I was like, if I want to go, if I could go back in time and tell 15 year old Madeline what I'm doing now, she would flip out. <laughs> so a lot of times I'm just like, I need to be that person that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. And I think for audio, it's allowed me to do that because when I fell in love with with um, audio storytelling, I was looking for podcasts. I couldn't find a single Latina in the entire audio fiction like mm-hmm. not one yeah right and i was like this can't be another medium there, this can't be another thing that i love there's no representation yeah and so i made it a pact that was like every show i have i there will be a love a lead right because i am giving myself permission to be the lead character mm-hmm. and um whether a 15 year old girl hears the show and she thinks bianca is this badass woman who does what she wants she takes up space she's not afraid to be who she is Mm-hmm. then that's a way that I can be that role model for a younger yeah. me. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think there's, there's a problem in, in like current mainstream entertainment circles, uh, still with, um, in terms of visibility, do you think that there's mm-hmm. a long way to go or do you think we're, we're kind of getting there in, in a way or will we ever get there? Um, I definitely think we're getting better. I think we're still hitting we're you know, we're not hitting the mark yet, but I think we are getting better and it, it's because of work of our own, you know, I, you mm-hmm. know, no one's ever going to give us a seat at the table mm-hmm. ever. Right. And I think, um, there are a lot of people who've had to fight to be seen and to be heard. And I don't think the fight is gone, but I think we're, we're making a little, you know, some progress, but, um, whether that's television or podcast, you know, we still have a long way to go, but I think that we're finally ready you know, I think a lot of people have been fighting, but I think most of us are ready to fight and be like, no, mm-hmm. we deserve to do this. We oh, deserve yeah. to, to make it. We're the lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to tell us otherwise. So 
Yeah. We're, we're in the product. We're in the product. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I appreciate you answering that because I, I have this back and forth kind of feeling where mm-hmm. I, because I feel like sometimes creatively, especially, you know, in terms of writing Latino characters, writing Mexican mm-hmm. characters, you know, who are very true to my culture and, and who I am, I always feel like, is this, am, am I pushing too far? Is this activism? Should I not be even thinking about that? You know, um, do you ever feel like you, you get kind of in your head too much about that? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I went back and forth because, um, Bianca, she is Afro Latina and, and she is angry. She's, you know, she's, she's, she's strong. She's opinionated. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't want, I didn't want her to be perceived as an angry black woman or, mm-hmm. you know, this, this feisty Latina. Like I didn't want her to be perceived as that because we're already perceived as that, yeah. you know? So there was just like, I don't want her to be, you know, a stereotype, but I also want her to be who she is, mm. you know? And so I, I, I kind of, I definitely had to get, used to that feeling and I was like okay someone might not like this but someone might love this someone Mm. might hate this and someone would be like oh she's a stereotype or someone would be like she's just like me you know Uh so there's 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 line that you have to walk Mm -hmm. and so I kind of started incorporating other things that for example like Gloria Bianca's mom in the show is very much my mother (laughs) very much religious she's a warrior Uh right so I was like how can I incorporate my culture and the way of like kind mm-hmm. of an emotional manipulative mother right <laughs> where you're never gonna meet these expectations that she sets for you yeah why does that sound so familiar i, I, right. I have no idea but my sisters tell me i get a pass because i'm a guy so uh mm-hmm. I, I think that that might be just a uh, a continuous cultural thing right uh, <laughs> but um you know in in terms of like um iowa where you're where you're at now mm-hmm. um you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I, I kind of want to ask you more about it in terms of community, because I think that you've done something amazing by starting to create your own thing and, of course, not needing to be anywhere else. What do you think Iowa needs, in particular where you are, that, that would make it a, a great, thriving place? Because I'm, I'm using kind of Iowa in terms of like an analog for my situation, because it's, <laughs> yeah. I think they're, they're very close. They're kind of cousins mm-hmm. in a way. Right, right. So I'm very fortunate to where I live, um, which I live like on the Mississippi River. So there's two sides in Illinois, two sides in Iowa called the Quad Cities. Um, So it's very, very close. And I'm actually very fortunate because it has a pretty lively community as far as art goes, but no one is quite doing audio. Mm-hmm. Right. We have definitely we have a lot of performers. We have some playhouses, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so many incredible musicians. Um but no one's quite doing what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. the way that I change that is to tell people what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that's really scary. Um, <laughs> you know, I went to this networking thing where you had to stand up and you had to like say who you are and what you do. Oh, and I man. almost threw up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah I, I, it's I, terrifying, you know? Oh my word. So I think that most of the time, especially when it comes to creative things, once you stand up in a room full of people and be like, you know what, I'm doing this thing people are going to be like, that's so cool. I mm-hmm. could never do that. Tell me more. Yeah. And then like, you know what? I actually know someone who kind of thought about doing that. Let me connect you. Right. Oh, and that's great. how it starts. Mm-hmm. It's like of you having, you know, knowing that you want to do something and having the nerve to stand up and say, Hey, I'm doing this. Who wants to be involved? Um, 
that sometimes it's all it takes. And sometimes it takes a long time. You mm-hmm. know, when I started out, no one cared, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like, no, one was like, okay, cool. Like, I don't, I don't know what <laughs> that is. Right. What's a podcast? You know, <laughs> usually my mom will ask me how my iPod is, is doing. And I was like, it's a podcast, mom. <laughs> Oh, that's the sweetest thing ever. But listen, that seems to be a compliment though. The fact that they, yeah, they asked. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely that, but, um, I think being in a, in a, in a place like Iowa or Wyoming, it does feel like you're all alone. And I think social media can, can bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, if you're in a place in the middle of nowhere, but you can be on Twitter asking questions and you can have people who are working who are like full-time voice actors or full-time producers answering questions on Twitter, then you're a part of that, mm-hmm. right? And then you, whether you're actually doing it or you're trying to learn how to do it, you're still a part of that community as long as you're interactive in it. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Really awesome stuff. What do you think is on the horizon for you? Uh, I know that you're going to be working on season two, but mm-hmm. in terms of uh, of other things that are kind of in the process of picking up steam or things that you're thinking about creating, are you sticking with the audio medium or are you looking at other? other um, a, a little bit of both. I do have, I did write a two act play with another podcast called um, uh, feminist fairy tales. Okay. And I, yeah, I wrote a two act play. It's a, a thumbelina retelling. <laughs> um, it's called Lena. It's about a uh, first gen Latina woman who learns that she doesn't have to stay small just because her, because people in her life. Oh, I love that. That's, oh, that's a great, uh, <laughs> yeah. great imagery. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that, but because right when we are multimedia, because my, I do, I write to my brother, um, he's a musician and produces, you know, music and mm-hmm. Ernesto is an incredible filmmaker. Yeah. We always knew that we wanted to do more than audio. So uh-huh. in 2022, um, we, we have a couple short films, um, in oh, the great. works that we are going to start working on and collaborating with some local artists here. So yeah, definitely lots of moving parts happening. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, what movies are you watching right now? Oh, Any movies that are, that are catching your attention? I haven't, honestly, I have not watched a movie in for, for so long. Um, like I part of me, I feel rough by that. Like I, <laughs> I don't know if it's because of social media or like sitcoms, mm. but my attention span is like thirty minutes and under. <laughs> so how about shows? Are you watching any shows? Um, oh, I feel so bad. I rewatch shows like crazy, but um, I actually started The Last Kingdom on Netflix, which is not something that I would watch. The Last Kingdom. Like, What's that one about? So it's about like Vikings and like. Oh, okay. Yeah, that kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. So yeah, I I not something I would usually gravitate towards, yeah. but the storytelling is really incredible. Okay. Um, and I was like, okay, I can get into this, and now I'm like <laughs> in like season four. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it happens. It just kind of sucks you in, and mm-hmm. and you can't turn away. We just after so much fanfare on the internet, we finally started watching Ted Lasso. And, uh, you know, I'm a soccer guy. I, I follow the leagues and everything. Right. I'm like, why didn't I watch this? This is like the greatest thing ever. And I don't and know. It's, I, I have not watched it yet, but I've heard like not a single bad thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Well, I get it. very suspicious about that too. When they're like, ah, you know, there's, I don't know. Right. There's always going to be something. I know I'm not going to like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 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 But um, no, I, I mean, I, I think that it's a, it's a wonderful thing to keep our eyes open and to see if we can always take in more information to make the art better. Mm-hmm. Um, 
lastly, I wanted to ask you, unless you wanted to add something else, I wanted to um, touch base with you on any advice or final bits of advice or encouragement for folks who maybe have a full-time job, maybe don't feel like they can get to where they need to be, um, are experiencing a struggle. Um, can you share a little bit about what they could do mm-hmm. to get back on track or to pursue this thing that they, that they have in their soul, the, the creative impulse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say um, sit down and write your why. I think that's so important. I think it's overused a lot, so people don't take it necessarily serious. But I think as creative people, when we ask ourselves, why do we have to do this? Like, is this something you want to do? And great, you're going to do it. But if you're the person that no matter how hard you try, you can't ignore it. Mm. And I think a lot of creative people are, especially storytellers, then you need to ask yourself why, mm. right? Like, why can I not shake this feeling about the short story? Or why do I have to make this film or write this play? Mm-hmm. And once you figure out your why, you're going to figure out your how. <laughs> and it, it just, it, it somehow will work out. You're like, all right, I, I have to do it because this is honoring someone I love, or I have to do it because if I don't, I'll go crazy. Like I did, <laughs> right. Whatever your why is, then you say, okay, so this is, I have to do this because I need an outlet for my creativity and I'm going to do it by starting just, just by writing one character and seeing how they fit. Right. And it's, it's almost like you have to take the step without seeing the next stair. And then once you do, you'll finally get to the level you need to be on. You just will. Um, you kind of just have to surrender to creativity and it will get you to where you need to go. Absolutely. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful note to end on. And uh, Madeline, I want to thank you for your time. And hopefully we can chat again because I'm, I'm just like asking everyone, hey, if you want to come back on or, you know, if you want to <laughs> bring your brothers, just come and talk to us. Yeah. That that's, would be amazing. Because we could talk about process a little bit more. We could talk about, you know, what's coming up in season two. Because now I'm very intrigued. And <laughs> I really... No, this has been wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but keep in touch. I'll, uh, I'll bug you on Instagram. And uh, please let, let us know where to find you. Where are we going to find uh, your work? Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at uh, madeline.dorda. And you can find all of our work on brightwoodstudios.com. We have all of our social media links there. And yeah, you can check out our podcast, Meteor City and Covencast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you, wherever else anyone listens to podcasts, you can find us. Amazing. Madeline, thank you so much. I'm going to stop recording now, but let, let me just <laughs> <end> this. <laughs> Thanks again. Mm-hmm.